And welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? What a fucking week, man. What a fucking week. Yeah, quiet news week. Not a lot going on. We'll probably be done oh in a minute. Yeah, yeah, quiet. Yeah. Um, we got a, just before we get rolling, we got a, uh, a last minute note from one of the listeners about the volume and we're trying new technology here. Good. Um, but it was sent by um, someone with an email of uh, Stumpy25. Now, um, <laughs> it just mm -hmm. and the odd chance that that's the Stumpy that used to do my Eurodollar futures. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we could have cut into a rich vein here. Um, you know, I had this whole fucking thing laid out. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had what I was convinced was going to be perhaps our greatest show ever. <laughs> and fucking Billy Ackman. <laughs> Bill logged on this morning. <laughs> oh, no. You know, we checked in on um, him last night. You know, we checked. Oh, no. You know, Friday night. Usually Friday night, Bill's good to fire up the Twitter. Um, But as of 1030 on the East Coast, nothing. Crickets from Bill. 
So I said to Morris, I said, somebody must have told him to put his phone down. Saturday morning, I don't know, nine o'clock. Who logs on to Twitter? <laughs> Our boy. And not does not only does he log on, but he has thoughts. Okay. And not 180 characters, more like 1800 words. Okay. He has thoughts and ideas. And he has does he get a special deal? Does he get unlimited characters? Unlimited character. It's incredible. When you have when you have power and voice like that, you get unlimited characters, evidently. But man, he oh. He had a he had thoughts. Bill had thoughts. Um, so you know, uh, so the show got scrapped. Would you like to? Would you like you want to give a, a brief overview of what he said? Or do you? No, just let's just let's just say, <laughs> if I may, if it's okay with you, we'll leave the readers to enter into the cesspool of Twitter on their own. I post. Um, <laughs> let me let me just say. You know, nobody talks his own position better than Bill Ackman. Now, I, I know Bill Ackman, and I like Bill Ackman. But when you get on CNBC and start crying while you're making $5 billion, I, you know, you lose in my... See, I grew up in the south side of Chicago. You're right, exactly. The mean streets. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. you're a different character. You don't tolerate that Chappaqua soft shit where you're going to go on. Yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, this didn't he was the one about, you know, we're not hitting the beaches in Normandy. And yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More cowbell. He's uh. just, you know, he said something about if the government doesn't do this there's going to be a huge sucking sound on monday you know there is going to be a huge sucking sound on monday it's going to be his pnl and that's what he's not looking forward to so um anyway uh there's a lot going on in the middle of nowhere i had this whole fucking thing lined up starting with monday through friday yeah, i like a was... good, i love a good chronological week there's that's my favorite like we <laughs> oh my god i you're going to have to indulge me because yeah, really sure. this is the beauty of live podcasting <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah. I, I had planned on starting Monday uh, talking about um, what I had witnessed was the indication of the demise of uh, Goldman Sachs. Um, to fast forward to Wednesday management met and we tried to hurriedly put together an emergency podcast yep but that feels uh, like months it, ago now that feels it like doesn't yeah I, I i i know um i did a little work part, part of the emergency podcast was uh and you can see it on the uh Ibuac. Um, that's my thing, right? The www.ibwc.com. www.ibwc.com. The emergency podcast was basically, um, we were going to announce we'd begun coverage of Goldman Sachs and our initial, uh, rating was sell. And, um, the logic was, uh, I think it was Monday, one of the top producers, at Goldman, just fucking quit. Yep, yep. It's gonna take gonna take a little break. Take okay? a break. Yes, the rainmaker. Yeah. The rainmaker let walk. me let me read what it says on the website in case people can't get to it. It says, "Quote: The leaving today of one of Goldman's top producers is likely to be the first of many high revenue performers 
Solomon's lack of leadership is causing employees to consider other more stable investment banks. Quote, Old Chestnut continues, the firm will not be able to replace high revenue earners and it will not be able to cut costs fast enough to maintain current earnings. On this basis, we hereby issue a rating of sell. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, now that was Wednesday and I don't know that I'm allowed to give official <laughs> ratings, <laughs> but uh, my, <laughs> you can call, call Sue, whatever. I'm going with the early onset dementia. Yeah. And, uh, but by the way, um, I do actually think uh, once I calm down a little bit, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in here that we can mm -hmm. talk about. And it is going to be uh, uh, an instructive show. But right. just to, to wrap up the hate on uh, DJ Sal, um, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I don't know if I have this exactly right, but you can fact check me, which I know you like to do. I believe a newly inducted partner at Goldman quit, which yep. is pre predicted by old chestnut. Um, and, you know, past performance is no guarantee of future results. But I remember being one of the top producers at Greenwich Capital. And eventually, uh, the clowns at NatWest and RBS were so obtuse. Uh, I was embarrassed to go to work there. And, you know, I, I have the luxury of having enough opportunity that I, I want to be proud about where I'm going. Wow. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys uh, aren't going to be a lot different than me. And uh, so how are you going to, why are you going to go to Goldman? Kenny Griffin, call get call my pal Ken. He'll cut you a deal, right? Yeah. And yeah. you don't have to put up with the diversity bullshit. You don't have to. I mean, listen, I'm just trying to think back over the hundreds of dinners I've had. I don't ever think I've heard anyone ever once talking about getting a blowjob. And that's at a dinner with cocktails. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, so how do you, how, you know, what do you like a, a, a general? You got to lead by example. What am I doing? Oh, I got spare time and yada, yada, spare time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which I don't think this is a comfortable segue, but um, at some point we're going to talk to the Silicon Valley bank uh, situation, mm -hmm. which is fluid Yes. And by the way, um, right now, Howard Marks and Seth Klarman and the guys at the Fortress, they've got an erection like they haven't had in 20 years. <laughs> they've been waiting on this? <laughs> they've been waiting. This is, talk, yeah. talk about the low-hanging fruit. Okay. So what Billy, I don't want to single him out, but this is what I think is going to happen. Okay. The bank's closed. The FDIC and other government entities are going to go in there. And the people who have the 250 grand, yeah. they're going to either give them a check or they're going to give them a new account. Okay. The people with more than 250 grand, they're going to get 
a, a note or a letter or something like that, okay? And it's going to say, and they're going to get a call, if they haven't already, from Howard Marks or Seth Klarman or Fortress or Apollo or... Blackstone, Blackrock. Okay. Yep. And they're going to go, hey, I'll tell you what. Sight unseen, I'll give you 90 cents on the dollar. Yep. 80, right? 83. Well, they're probably going to start at 70 cents. Okay. Yep. And some schmo is going to hit that. Mm -hmm. And and then in a year, it'll end up that they get back 94 cents. Or, right. Now, now, right. now, we didn't run the um the uh, market huddle disclaimer none of this is considered investment advice yada 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 and this is just you and me talking so anything you hear here you know you're yeah. on your own yeah, you're, you're the 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 catastrophic cats and dogs living together <laughs> now don't get me wrong i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked. In fact, I'm anticipating them cluster fucking the stock market on Monday, which is why somebody's on Twitter begging, you know, make this problem go away. 48 hours. You got 48 hours to act. <laughs> yeah. By the way, those 48 hours are Saturday and Sunday. And, Come on, and, and, and half of that's Shabbos. You're not, I can't work. You can't work. It's right. You got like 12 hours of working time there. And bro. by the way, and by the way, if you're going to go out and find the Shabbos guy to liquidate your portfolio, okay, <laughs> like that, call and get the, the the notary public to come to your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that you're not going to be in any position to negotiate the price of that thing. I'm sorry. I, I'm just so wound up with the, the confluence of yeah, events. I'm sure. Um, sure. So again, I apologize, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm going to try and throw in little nuggets of wisdom along with the crazy old man shit and yeah. see what's well. Okay. So there's a book that I've mentioned. Okay. And I know my friend Peter in Switzerland recently read it maybe a second time and has suggested it to his few friends. So Satan's bushel. Oh yeah. I'm I'm gonna give you the reader's digest version. Okay. They got a a, a vignette of a farmer and an assistant carrying let's call it a hundred bushels of beans. Early 20th century? To the grain elevator. Okay. And he gets to the grain elevator and the, the grain operator looks at it and says, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, B minus grade, I'll pay you this. And then they're going back and forth. And he goes, you know, it's funny. I give it to you at B minus and you stick it in your bin. And when people come to buy it, it comes out as an A. So let's start talking about, right? And, and meaning... A costs more than B. And, and and this takes several hours to move a hundred bushels of beans. Now they compare that to the guy standing at the pit of the Chicago Board of Trade, where one guy looks at another and says, uh, Soldier Five, which means it's one contract of bush of five thousand 
uh, bushels of, of beans. So it's 5,000 bushels versus 100. Just for, the, takes- just for the listeners. Okay, he just signed this to me. Okay, so he couldn't say that sentence without signing the sold five. So I don't yeah. even <laughs> you, you don't you didn't even notice you did it, dude. You just did the thing. No, I can't. Hand just, when you did the five yeah. fingers and pointed to me. You sold me five subconsciously <laughs> telling the fucking story. Okay. That's just, it's just awesome. That's so on brand. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right, you so, know, I love I love it. The problem is it's probably part of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't even know you did it, right? I'll, I'll, be careful what you no, no, you're right. I, 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 I caught myself. So, but the point is this: you got the guy standing in the pit, whipping five thousand bushels, or, or ostensibly one contract, back and forth like it was nothing, and you get down into the weeds, and it takes some hours. Okay, so why do I bring this up? I bring this up because now. You know how I've said multiple times that whenever there's a problem, what's the first thing people do? They whip out the operating agreement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, now we got a problem. Okay. Well, I love this stuff. Why? Because I grew up and I learned these things. I learned about SIPC. I learned about the FDIC. I learned about the difference between cash and securities. I learned about clearance. And so now where everyone's running around with their hair on fire, okay, I love it because it presents opportunities galore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I'm just trying to think the best way to talk about this. So in, once again, do your own research. Yeah. Okay. But it's pretty well understood that if you have $250,000 in the FDIC insured bank. Okay. Um, your money good. Above that, you become a general clerk, a creditor. Mm-hmm. And when these banks go out, uh, the government does understand that uh, you need quick action because people are anxious. They have every right to be anxious. But th- there's, they, there's rules. Otherwise, we live with the animals. And um, so, as I told you, you're going to get your money, you're going to get a statement, and you can take the statement and, and it, they'll be fighting over themselves to buy your claims. Okay. I, my, I'm, I'm guessing I don't have any money at Silicon. Bank, so what happens to but, Vox? What happens to Vox Media that has 50 million at Silicon? They're going to get $250,000 and they're going to get a IOU for, you know, $49,750,000. Now, I want to know why Vox Media has $50 million sitting in cash at the local bank. So, um, you know, what would old chestnut have done or what do i do i have my money at a at a brokerage account so um i'm going to try and bring something up and not knock myself off the air here but um i was just kind of chumming through shit and i uh went to google and i asked about fdic and sipic and somewhere in here if i can find it um 
uh, let's see. Okay. So let's say, and, and I just random, this yeah. is not a, this is not a uh, sponsor. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have your money at TD Ameritrade, at TD Ameritrade, did you yep. hear that? that comes yeah, TD, okay. yep, TD Ameritrade. Okay. So you have SIPC insurance, which I'm guessing mimics the uh, um, FDIC. FDIC. Okay. TD Ameritrade provides each client with 149.5 million worth of protection for securities and 2 million of protection for cash through supplemental coverage provided by London insurers. So um, two things to note there, okay? I think 149.5 million covers most of our listeners. You know, I yeah, it'd probably be, it'd be good for me. It'd be okay. Okay, you're good. Okay. Um, but the point I want to make here is it says and, too many cash, you know. Well, so here's this is this is the key, and this is the point I want to make out. That's why I never have money sitting in cash. I don't know why, I don't care, but somehow a security is treated different than cash. Totally. And oddly enough, you usually get a higher yield on a treasury bill than the money sitting in the, the mattress bag. Yeah. yeah. So um anybody that's got that much money sitting at the bank, I you know, maybe there's I, I don't understand. Um Dude, funny. Can I let me give you one little funny tidbit? There's this, there's an there's an NBA stud. I think that he's the kid that plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. His name is Giannis. He's got a Greek name, Giannis. Yada yada yada. He's got a crazy long last name. All right, stud NBA player. He got a huge contract. There was a little little anecdote about ha him having fifty different bank accounts, each one holding two hundred fifty grand. There you go. Short, you know. Yeah. He that's just such an interesting thing. Like he's he's Greek. He you know he he was born and raised Greek. He's Amer he lives in America now. But like he must have said to himself, okay, if this is the system, I read the fine print. I'm insured up to two fifty. I'm getting fifty accounts, and I'm good. <laughs> so not only the Pythagorean theorem, yeah. not only the Greek salad, which they Thank knocked you know. out of the park. Absolutely. By the way, have you ever had a chicken with the Greek salad? Oh, <laughs> that's just a meal. Oh, dude, the left there's a there's a place in Tarrytown that okay, it's a left terrace gyro. I'm unsolicited plug for left terrace gyro. Okay, and this is gonna bring me to inflation. They make a Greek salad in a 12 inch cylinder aluminum dish. Greek salad, beautiful onions, tomato, lovely feta, stuffed grape leaves, the Kalamata olives, a little bit of dill that gives it a nice something twist. Yeah. All right, you get it with grilled chicken. It's two meals. You can feed a family of four with it, okay? It used right. to be $17.95, right? I used to get it, you know, on a special Friday lunch, maybe if I was really hungry. Dude, now it's $22.95 for the Greek salad with grilled chicken at Left Terrace. The gyro has gone from $6.95 to $8.95, okay? This is the world that we live in. They pass along those 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 costs to the customers, and I am thrilled to pay it. Nothing will stop me from buying that salad. Maybe not as frequently, but I will continue to buy that thing, no matter what the price is. Occasionally, um, so that gives you a, a glimpse into the 
unhinged spending of American millennials. I will not be stopped for my Greek salad, okay? Until this country goes broke, (laughs) okay? You know what that Greek salad can do that a mountain, uh, a rock climbing guy can't do? Feed a family of four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, so, so yeah, so he, he's got, you know, he, he looked at that and he said, okay, yeah. 250 grand, I'm putting it in 50 banks. I'm good. He didn't put his 50 million in Silicon bank and he's fine today. He's not, dude, there was lines in Manhattan. People went down to the bank. Like it's a wonderful life. Really? They went down and waited in line. Like it was 1945, yeah. you know, like I need my money. Yeah. yeah little yeah. like dude, you have 10 yeah. grand in the well, bank. You're, gonna, you're fine. You know? <laughs> Uncle Mark and I watch that movie. You know, I know. <laughs> biannually. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> George Bailey, whose ship yeah. has come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um I have a rather large disdain for many in the financial markets, none more really? so than the um fund to fund people. Okay. So we you know, when when E.G. Rob and I were doing the dog and pony show to raise money you know there'd be some analyst and uh typically there was a specific gender which i won't mention but they they would say so what keeps you up at night and i i've said this before it's like the stupidest fucking question i i'm like i'm thinking what like caffeine yeah. Like worrying about my kids' home. Yeah, the dog's like, not like not your fucking money. Because yeah. if you were worried about your client's money, you wouldn't take it because you know that they would be better off not putting in stinking fucking hedge funds. Exactly. We talked about side pockets mm-hmm. recently. Yep, green shoes so and side pockets. I withdrew my money out of a hedge fund four years ago. Okay. They still have a million bucks of my money. I just got a distribution for $17,999. I'm like, what are we waiting for? Crumbs. They give you a crumb. <laughs> so here, this is this is a rather religious moment. So all of our listeners who are hedge fund managers, okay, please repent. Okay. Return the client's money okay keep you can keep what you've earned okay but it's not fair okay you look look at kathy wood kathy wood the 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 financial times by the way i am now convinced that there are people in the press that listen to this show and stuff shows up right (laughs) so they just the, the ft just talked about how kathy wood has made $300 million while the assets under management have dropped by 75%. 29 billion to 9 billion or something like that. And she's oh, yeah. it in. Yeah. Maybe they get a free pen. Um, <laughs> so, I, yeah, like I said, I had this nice show all lined up. So, um, Dude, anyway, Monday, Monday, we, speaking of hedge funds, was you, you wrote just just write the check to Izzy. What was that story about the the Millennium hedge fund that was uh, 
Oh yeah, he's like you, they get paid money even if they lose money. Exactly. Yeah, it's sorry. Like, yeah. If we if we make it great and if we lose, you're still paying like yeah. a 3% fee or something. Yeah. I don't you know, I I look, if if you are a hedge fund, okay. First of all, this is this is ridiculous. The cash sitting in your account, unless it's at Silicon Valley Bank, it's probably a TD Ameritrade. JP Morgan, yeah. <laughs> it's earning 5%. Yeah. Okay. So you get 20% of 5%. Imagine that. Just for showing up. On top of the fact that you get 2% of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Just turning the lights on. No, Ken, Ken Ken Griffin doesn't have a quarter million a quarter billion dollar apartment overlooking Central Park for no reason. Okay. Okay. So let's once again we're jumping around. I apologize. I just have so much material, and I and I want to introduce bits and pieces of it. Okay. Greetings. Um, Welcome to Inside Baseball. <laughs> How you doing? So I, they uh, they've have lately been talking about these one day options uh please yeah. are you familiar with this yep zero okay. data expiry yeah okay so once again i'm gonna get an f for continuity but Fine. there's just so much material and as it pops into my little pea brain i want to explain it yeah, yeah. so if um once again if i can find this fucking thing on our website um what I did was I posted a few things. Uh, one was a paper, which I posted before by uh, Robert Merton. I think he Nobel laureate and uh, partner of failed long-term capital management. Yep. Okay. And so like in that famous movie, Slapshot, where the girl hands the guy the book and says, I highlighted the fuck scenes for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay once again bad at math right but i can read yeah and i'm going to read this out loud to you the possibility of large finite jump in price significantly increases the probability and hence makes the option more valuable mm. okay moreover these differences will be magnified as one goes to short maturity options so this is a Nobel Prize note telling you. How long that, ago? 40 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what have we done? We've taken the shortest of the short, and now we're trading more of those than probably everything else put together. Yes. Yes. Whoa. And it's all run in a fucking bunch of hedge funds, which are lightly... Regulated. Maybe not even regulated. Okay. Yeah. What could go wrong? No, exactly. What could go wrong? Well, let me let me show you what can go wrong. Um, so right above uh that option paper on the website, are you are you following with me a little yep. bit? Yep. There's that the uh iconic Bloomberg uh black yep. and orange. And what this is is it's a uh, a distribution of outcomes using the two-year 
treasury note. Okay. Yep. Okay. yep. We all know I, I got a crush on the two-year note. Okay. So I was just sitting around just happy as a pig in shit yesterday as I'm watching my little two-year note go up 17 and one-eighth 30 seconds or half a half a percent. Mm -hmm. Now I'm wondering. Gosh, I wonder what that does to all these models. So I'm not very good with uh, um, the newer Bloomberg functions, seeing as I started back. Yeah, you got the ones you like. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think what I found was, and I had given daughter Kate and a University of Chicago PhD student uh, a project years ago to do this. What do you have here if you go to the, the, the website? It, it basically has three columns. One is the, the percent change of the security. And in this case, it's the two-year note. Mm -hmm. Then in the third column, it shows you what the model predicts, how many times you should see that happen. The occurrence, yeah. Yeah. So for instance, you know, um, you know, zero to, yeah. you know, point 0.1, you know, in a one day move, you, you see a certain number of times. But if you look at the occurrence we had, which was uh, 0.54%, it occurred once, which was yesterday. But the predicted theoretical occurrence was 0.12. Wow. So it was eight times what was oh. predicted by the model. Yeah. yeah. There's your model. There's your model. Yeah. yeah. So um, eight times. That's eight times. So when we talk about the, the Merton paper telling you how the options are undervalued, and then they tell you that the uh, shorter options are magnified the differences you know it yeah that's you know what keeps me up at night you know yeah uh well not that because i don't care anymore but um yeah yeah anyway uh so people who use these models and risk managers who rely on these models uh you know you're you're asking for trouble, trouble. now you're going to trust that model? How much trust can you put in that model? You know, like you're going to say, oh, this is the model. Well, it it depends. If you, if the model uh, is, is in the hands in the case of, um, let me see if I can find this. You sent me an email. Um, and I actually uh, verified it for with you that it was correct and not hacked. If, the model, if the model is in the hands of Jay, Eras Path, yeah, sure. head of financial risk management and model risk Silicon Valley Bank UK Limited, who is uh, co-chair of the LGBTQ plus ERG. Uh, 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 ERG is what? Energy Resource Group. If, if those models are in the hand of a transgender person, I'm sure they're... <laughs> Not, am, I, am i am i getting canceled for that no no, no 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 so let me just tell you one thing you want to be a risk manager okay 
you know what you need? You got to have balls. And by the way, plenty of women have balls. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yep. I know what you mean. Um, I know what you mean. But, but I'm guessing a transgender person has some confusion. I don't, I, I don't know. I think she could just be on the board. I can't. Can, I don't, we don't want to besmirch somebody and like, we'll just we'll just move on. I don't think the person's transgender. I don't think they are transgender. I think they just fly the flag. I think they uh, describe themselves as a different um I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. There? I don't know. I, I'm just reading this as, as a queer person of color. So yeah, I, okay. Yeah, that does they're they're, they're talking about themselves. Yeah, okay. Um, but that person left the job in April. Okay, so we she doesn't get so I sent you a oh, oh I sent you a follow-up oh, because that was the headline. That was the initial headline. Okay, but then when you dug a little deeper, when your chief risk officer leaves in April of 22. And nobody's sitting at that desk until here we are in March. So you don't have a risk. So SVB didn't have a risk officer. Okay. Uh -huh. If you read the article, it says she left in April and wasn't uh -huh. replaced until January. So this uh -huh. is the, whatever the 16th biggest bank in the country running without a chief risk officer. Okay. That's okay. Cause the president sold a bunch of stock, but Two months ago or a month ago. It's all pre-planned, okay? That was pre-planned. Of course it was. <laughs> um yeah, if we don't get if we don't get sued, I don't I don't I'm gonna just keep going until we hit something. Um so uh let me look at my things I wanted to talk about because yeah. I, I did at one point think I had a pretty good show organized. You wanna talk about three. your two year because your two year the, the two year made headlines this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it 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 moves like it's supposed to move that way once every six years or something. Okay, like so that. we had that jammed into a week. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, a day, a day. Okay, uh, a yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, we did omit the uh, obligatory Hava Nagila about <laughs> our Stockholm. We were a little early, but. Right. Yeah, I felt really bad for you. You went out and apologized and beat up on yourself, opened the show, stepped on my dick. I was like, come on, 24 hours later, crash. I, I, I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Um, so the question is, where where do we go from here? Yeah. Is that fair to oh. say? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so I signed up for this new uh, research. I'm on the free trial from this uh, Renaissance macro. Oh, I wow. had been a client years ago yeah. and uh, it was expensive. Yeah. And I only really got anything out of it by reading that uh, Neil Duda. Or yeah, Duda, yeah, yeah. I, I like him. Name. I like him. Okay. So I'm trying to decide uh, if I want to bring him on full time. Uh-huh. Because it's, it's not cheap. And yep. Uh, there's another research piece which I have that I am starting to feel like it's getting ready to roll off my renewal list. And okay. Maybe I'll swap them in. Yeah. But the the Neil Duda guy um, uh, said, based on looking at that payroll number on Friday, his reverse engineering of it said, you know, the Fed's not the Fed's not done. So um, I imagine, you know, uh, if we don't have 
a systemic lockup on Monday or Tuesday, which I, I don't expect. Okay. That uh, though, based on the turbulence, they'll hike 25, but, you know, um, once again, having tried to prepare now, thanks to crybaby Billy storming me off my case, um, reading Grant's Interest Rate Observer this mm -hmm, week, mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to be more specific, but I, based on time restrictions, I have to limit. But basically, he showed using the Chicago Fed National Financial Conditions Index that the financial conditions aren't even tight yet. They haven't tightened at all. Yeah, they're like yeah. same as they were pre, pri, prior to okay. something. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So the quickest way to get the financial conditions tighter is for the stock market to go down. Yeah. Because uh, they've tightened 500 basis points plus the QT. And, and yeah. Hasn't, okay. So I will perseverate that I do think the economy is slowing long and variable lags okay thank you but um you know we have an inverted yield curve and you know look the first comment is correlation is not causality now you may recall in prior episodes old chestnut theorized that perhaps the inverted yield curve doesn't predict the recession it causes it Mm -hmm. oddly enough gave cal put out a piece where their guy will denier i believe mm -hmm. theorized that perhaps the inverted yield curve does cause the recession why very simply he said why invest in a long-term asset that earns four when you can put it in a risk-free asset that earns five bingo Quad arrow demonstrata, something. My Latin. Yeah. My Greek is better than my Latin. But um, so, you know, I I think that, what do I think? First of all, I'm very happy with my position. Uh, I have floaters, which are inverses, okay, which got hit a little bit on uh, Friday because mm -hmm. they're bank floaters. and. Fine. You know, of course, um, and I have some long dated securities, which perform very nicely. And I think for me, being 62, uh, it, it's good. I, I think uh, even Uncle Mark, who was here to visit, greatly boosting my spirits. By the way, issued the first 24-7 365 all access pass to the entire Saks compound of real estate worldwide. Wow. Yeah. So he, he walked around with the badge with his picture on it. Yeah. yeah. So any of those rooms with the key card where you yeah, got yeah, the yeah. to get in, he gets yeah. in. Wow. So um, we had a dinner. Uh, we had a family dinner mm -hmm. and we had some guests attending and there was a, uh, a guest, non-family member. Michelin star chef or something? Nah, just a run-of-the-mill nice person. Okay. Sort of. But um, when I would have dinners, and you've been to many of these, mm -hmm. um, 
maybe it's arrogance, whatever. But if I call a dinner, I feel like I have the right to make a, a few comments at the end of the dinner. Rightfully so. You know, I, I don't, you know, you're not paying for food. Do you want to eat it? <laughs> right. You got to listen to me. But what I try and do is I try and go around the table yeah. and, and, and make a comment about why that person is meaningful to me. Yes. So we're at this dinner and this guest is talking to the person across from them. And Uncle Mark starts talking to me. And this person says, excuse me, Mark, I'm talking. <laughs> no crosstalk. And I look at him and he looks at me and that same algorithm is running. It's like, <laughs> do you leave it alone? <laughs> I can see the look. I can see the look. Right? And and uh, I, you know, 10 years ago, it would have gone differently. But Mark and I bit our lip and carried on you'd have been very proud casually um, raised your eyebrows i can see the look on mark's face I oh can... my god okay you know <laughs> anyway um i don't know what i just had to get that off my chest Jeez. speaking the, pe the, the people in, the people involved don't listen to this show anyway so <laughs> it's it's fine but um so let's see we talked about grants. what did mark say mark, mark's still telling you to buy stocks or he's is he, he... mark is I'm going to beg his indulgence. Mm -hmm. Mark has said to me, hopefully it's okay to make a public, that he acknowledges stocks aren't cheap and he's comfortable with his liquidity. And that's all I'm comfortable saying. Okay. And, uh, yep. and we have another listener, uh, again, not comfortable mentioning who, but his name comes up quite often once again stocks aren't cheap comfortable with his liquidity okay and uh these are permables interesting yeah yeah so uh you have an inverted curve which either predicts recession or forces one i'll leave mm -hmm. it for you to decide you have uh Jim Grant, who's had a publication out for 40 years, saying that financial conditions, you know, aren't easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have Bill Ackman talking about the end of the world coming. God forbid, you know, <laughs> God forbid yeah. uh, that happens uh, because that sucking sound will be his net asset value. Um, and then, and I, I do want to bring up two things. One is uh, revisit the zero-day option thing. Oh, yeah, dude. So, for instance, I mean, I've managed option portfolios, okay? The thing I tried most to accomplish, put myself on the right side of what I would call pin risk. So, what you tried to do is get a bunch of these options, you'd be long them and short them. Yep, okay? yep, yep. And and we traded a lot of over-the-counter options, so they were bespoke, meaning you get to pick everything. So I would try and accumulate a book of long over-the-counter options that expired a day after the listed options. 
So, you know, everything in life is divided by the square root of time. I don't know why that is. Maybe when I get to heaven, they'll explain it to me. Mm -hmm. But if you put a 90-day trade on, okay, the difference between an option uh, 90 days from expiration and 89 days from expiration mm -hmm. is is de minimis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So as part of trades, let's say I wanted to buy a call on one thing and sell a call on another, sort of a synthetic curve trade. The options I bought... <clears throat> were always a day longer than the options I sold, meaning there would be a day where the option I sold had expired or yep. I was exercising. And, and, and so um, I could create a situation where I would have an option for a day in a way for either free or very low cost. Amazing. And yep. so my, my pin risk would be, I try and accumulate these things and the pin meaning you're hoping the underlying gets to be right at the the strike. Yep. And and I won't go into this whole thing, but one of the problems option market makers do is they trade tons of options back and forth, right? And as as we all know, you know, a put and a call is the same thing. You can take a put and you can turn in a call, yada yada yada, that sort of thing. But these option market makers will build up these big positions and then they'll they'll convert out of them to collapse the book. But a lot of times they can't get the right rate and they'll get stuck having to go through option expiration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, I think, where I got the term pin risk. Okay, interesting. Because, you know, so let's say you buy a put sell a call and take the offsetting position in the underlying okay that is effectively a financing trade so what what guys would do would be if they basically can borrow money from the bank at five they do this conversion scenario which is an identity and the implied rate is six yep. they'll, they'll yep. do that because they're earning 100 basis points for for uh, 90 days, which is $25. Keeping in mind, I'm bad at math. Okay, that's per million. Yeah. Um, anyway, what happens is guys would get lazy and they would want to capture the whole thing. So they carry the thing to the very last minute thinking, well, I'll think my way out of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And from, from time to time, someone would reach out from beyond the grave and cut their sack off, right? Yeah, anyway, yeah, of course, yeah. These were the types of things that I tried to, in my non-primary dealer seat, uh, try and put together, right? right? Right. So how did I get here? I got here because you don't even have to do that anymore. You just no. show up and there's a cornucopia of one-day options. It's now, amazing. if I were younger and... I would do this unquestionably. I would take X amount of dollars, okay? And every day I would go and buy a one-day straddle. And Dude, I'm- That's what they're doing. Dude, okay. they're doing it on Robinhood. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Oh, these and kids are it, YOLOing it, into 
anything, dude. A- Is that that's right? What drives AMC. That's what drives GameStop, dude. You okay. can do it on your iPhone, dude. Kids are giving me it, dude. The, the kids in art class are just like, oh yeah, I, like oh, I got a straddle ladder, but like, oh, I'm like, dude, you guys are children. You were day trading options. Yes, dude. Cost him ten bucks. The kid made seventy five hundred bucks. You don't think he's gonna do it again? <laughs> So the, the, the long-winded story behind this is there was a, a time several years ago where I had a uh, a PhD in physics student at the University of Chicago yeah. and young Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, look, here's a little project for you. Um, I believe that things happen in the market way more often than the models predict. And you know, of course, you get a little bit of the dad eye roll, but Catherine went off and did the project. The University of Chicago kid flaked. Um, he took the money I paid him, but I got no work done from him. Uh, not the only one that's done that. Spoiler you. alert, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you, you, I hope, experience this. One day, Catherine walks in with this look of glee on her face, and she's like, geez, you're right. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we can talk into the, the make it sound sophisticated that, you know, imply volatility versus observe volatility. And we can make it as convoluted as we want. But the fact is that by his own admission, Nobel laureate Robert Merton said, these differences will be magnified. And that, my friend, it's going to be a fucking understatement. <laughs> yeah. Another project. Can I talk about one other thing? Because we have a listener Go ahead. who is. Um, so what I was doing for a long time. Um, and uh, I, I just mentioned this because I got a kick out of it. I'd like to share it with you. Uh, so from time to time, uh, you know, I meet bright young kids. Uh, you're a little old to be right. considered a bright young kid, but similar to develop a relationship with you. And and depending where they were in their studies, I, I would like to give them a project. So mm-hmm. there's this one kid and we'll call him Eddie. And uh, so you know how lately they're putting titles on amounts of wealth people have. Mm-hmm. And so now the ultra wealthy are considered to have $30 million or more Okay. I don't know what it is between ultra wealthy and oligarch. Right. But this is this is a problem for some person who falls into this. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. So as you know, and 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 I believe have participated occasionally, I will fly on a private plane. Mm-hmm. And uh in our case, or yeah, in my case, my wife owns one and yep. charters it out. Okay. Yep. So um, being of modest means, we have a smaller plane. She has a smaller plane. And one so we two. can't go. You got two. Uh, well, we're down to one. Okay. Just that, just barely one. Okay. Yeah. I think if she had her brothers, she'd like to flip it. But okay. I won't let her because I don't want the recapture on the depreciation. But, um, <laughs> so anyway, because it's a smaller plane, you can't make it from New York to California or New York to San Francisco or New York to even Las Vegas heading 
uh, west because yeah, the headwinds without stopping for gasoline. So, um, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I was always sort of curious, like where they picked a stop. Like you got the whole fucking flyover, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 so over the years, I I uh, got to be friendly with uh, Cheryl's pilots, and and so I'd ask them questions, and I was discovering uh, the the way they picked where to refuel was. A, it seemed a little strange to me. Okay, so I noticed one of the places we uh, stopped with some regularity had really attractive people as uh, the ground crew. Interesting. So you, the plane would land, and you get off, you go into the FBO, and you'd see these young people pleasing to the eye, mm -hmm. filling the plane, talking to the pilots interesting a lot of times you know there'd be a grill in the back and you wow. can smell steaks being cooked Shoot. um and you know the pilots would get back on the plane kind of wiping their mouth like this a little bit <laughs> wondering there's no way they just had a steak well, no no way right or the best i found was for every hundred uh pounds of fuel you bought the pilot got like a $25 savings bond. Come on. <laughs> Back check me. I'm I'm an open book. Okay. Dude, I know, I know. I've experienced the refueling stops with you. I've done the refueling stops. So I know you've got time to dwell on these things okay. and, and do your research. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when it's your plane. Yeah. You know, the price you pay for fuel it is the price you pay for fuel yeah, right no, no. it's like it's it's like some schmoes figure how much it costs to drive across the bridge to new jersey because gasoline's cheaper there right yeah i and, remember i remember you the guy asking to get up he, he asked he wanted up he wanted a hanger at westchester and you said yeah we've got those <laughs> okay yeah. and then i remember you telling me you park your plane in a nearby neighborhood, okay, what, a, a 15, 20-minute yeah. jaunt away, okay? Yeah. And you yeah. also, and, and you don't buy fuel at the pump, right? You have a year- No, no, no. I, got, I got a farm. Exactly. Look, when I say I, it's the royal I. It's all Cheryl, okay? Cheryl. But yeah, we got a farm. We keep the plane in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty dialed into this thing. Exactly. I'm I'm waxing. Let me get to the point of this. So when you have a plane, okay, it's flying. Different planes fly at different speeds based mm -hmm. on their engine size, mm -hmm. the wing, okay. And then based on the headwinds or tailwinds, you try and pick based on traffic control. Yep. Which the optimal altitude to fly in so for mm -hmm. instance the private planes will fly at a higher altitude less air less wind resistance right mm -hmm. okay and then coming back depending when i say coming back i mean going from west to east you got a tailwind so yep. you know you and the headwind tailwind thing's a big deal right? oh i know i know so i'm sitting there one day flying uh with my friend uh, who's a computer genius. And I said, don't you think there's a way we could create a linear program 
where you plug in all these variables, plane, wind speed, fuel cost, runway length, distance, you know, from takeoff and all that, all that stuff. Right. And he's like, yeah, sure. And so I sent this, I, I spoke to this young fellow, Eddie, who, uh, wonderful kid. And I kind of explained to him the variables and he went out and he bit a, built a program. Mm -hmm. So you, you put in the two airport codes and he would go and he would check the range of the plane, the yep. takeoff weight of the plane. Yep. So like, for instance, coming out of Aspen, as you know, you're very high. So the pilots carry as little fuel as possible because mm -hmm. if you don't get up out of Aspen quick, you're going to, yeah. you know, you're staying you're going to have a little, yeah, for good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they have enough fuel that they can make it to Denver. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's all these calculations and this kid went ahead and put this thing together and it was, all you had to do was put in yeah. uh, two airport codes yep. and he would give you the route. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it was pretty fantastic. And yeah. like most things I do, I got it started and finished it and lost interest in it and it's <laughs> gone nowhere. But um, I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. And I'm guessing uh, that's about as much time as we have. I don't know. Oh, we got more time. What else? What did we miss? We got a lot more time. Um, you're only okay. a 40, we got 42 minutes. Um, oh. Yeah, we got a whole lot going on. Is there uh, going to be a contagion? Because let me let me ask you the questions that are that are going to press over the weekend. Right. They're going to get bandied around. Will there be contagion? Okay, other than the bank stocks getting whacked on Friday, but this is not going to spill over into into others, is it? Are you is there is that keeping you up at night tonight? Uh, <laughs> um, explain to me what contagion is. Is there going to be another run on any other bank? Will any other banks fail? Will this be the one and only? And does some what happens on Monday? That's what I want to know. I think there's going to be anxiety. Okay. I think people are going to get out the operating agreements. I think, and again, this is just one man's unsolicited opinion. I think the money center banks are fine. Okay. I think the smaller banks back years ago when they were giving out toasters we're in the business of lending long and borrowing short i i don't think they do that anymore right i, I don't like think it. they yeah. do that anymore now if you go to small bank corporation and everyone wants their money all at once yeah that's that's going to be a, a bit of a problem but do i think it shuts down the economy no but I, I think it hurts the stock market because I think it starts to bring home the things I've talked about where, you know, people don't understand the operating agreement. And, you know, the phrase I'm, I love, which is uh, bear markets find the mistakes the auditors couldn't. Well, that, that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. Now, if you look at this Silicon Valley thing, and once again, I, I'm really removed from this. I have no position in it. But um, I don't know. The stock was, when the, the president sold that stock, it was in at least a couple hundred dollars a share. Yeah, right? yeah it was say 200 bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not where to close on Friday, zero. Yeah, something below, like well below 100. Yeah, like 29 okay. or something. I don't even know. Okay. 
But I saw some screenshot that Peter Thiel was telling people they better take their money out. Yeah. Now, I got news for you. Uh, if he short that stock, uh, well, first of all, Gary Gensler, we know he's worthless. Ooh. So probably nothing would happen. Right. But, you know, you got to wonder, like, did, did you create a self-fulfilling prophecy? You know, dude, okay. they they crucified the CF the CEO of the bank for saying, "Hey, everything's okay." They crucified him for the messaging. They said the messaging was a problem. Like when there's a problem, you can't you can't come out and say, "Hey, be cool. It's not a problem. We're gonna the, be okay." Why I think this is not creating contagion is my cursory examination is this bank had an abnormally large number of high uh, funded depositors and they travel in packs. And so, you know, I mean, the average account there was like 4 million bucks or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What do you think the, I, I, and I don't know, but you think the average account at Citibank's 4 million bucks? I bet it's $20,000 if that. Yeah, or something. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I, look. Yeah. I don't know. We we let's admit we don't know, okay. But you know, uh, if everyone lines up outside of J.P. Morgan and wants their money, they're going to get their money. Why? Because uh, J.P. Morgan has access to the Fed discount window. They've got securities, even. I don't know, but I'm guessing even securities held in these marked to market or not, you know, not marked to market portfolio. I'm I'm wondering if they're allowed to do repurchase agreements with those things. I'm not sure. It I, I look, I'm not claiming to be an expert on this thing. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried, you know, go take 10 grand out of the ATM or five grand <laughs> or whatever, you know. But yeah, but that but that doesn't mean people don't wake up and realize that, you know, these Silicon Valley, you know, uh, people, uh, or that's a bad example, but let's go back to talk about the Kathy Wood thing, right? I mean, clearly a sociopath and, um, uh, you know, what does she do? She talks about a stock after and, and puts it up on her thing yeah. after she buys it yeah see yeah. in my day you'd have called that a pump and dump yeah but no because she's an old woman i guess it's, it's yeah it's okay 2023 um, that's like that's that's normal behavior you know or you get on twitter and talk about how if the government doesn't step in and make everybody whole how, how do you make everybody first of all once again there's highly rules, diluted right? Highly dilutive is his end. <laughs> Checks in my mouth. So, so what are we? Are we completely in the nanny state? Oh, there's this thing called creative destruction. Okay. Now, if you're 18, okay, and you're fortunate enough to have more than $250,000 sitting at a bank, not TD Ameritrade. Right. 
yeah, I, I'm sorry it didn't work out that great for you, but you're going to get back the bulk of your money. Okay? Yeah. yeah. But what, 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 what happens when you say, uh, oh, yeah, everyone should be made whole 100%. Well, then there's no penalty for not paying attention to your own assets. I, I don't, Read the, the logic, yeah. logic escapes me. So yeah. um, there'll be a lot of irrational behavior, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, okay. We urged caution. Is this the we, Fed tightening till they break something? Is this the break that you were, is this, does this count? No. No. Right. Exactly. I agree no, with you. I don't, I don't I think don't, so I, either. I, no. I, it, it's, oh, it's, it's going to be this one day option thing. Okay. It's that. Okay. I, I'm going on record. It's going to be this one day option thing because it, it's the system is going to get kludged and um I, I i look i'm walking the walk i got treasury bills okay i got long dated paper and i got short dated um uh, floating rate notes Okay. And I want to buy stocks. I mean, I, I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous, but I, I did when I said I was gonna, and when they get to levels, which are going to be determined by uh, Edward and Leslie, uh, I'm going to get back in, but we're nowhere near that. And that is going to be created by uh, these one day options. So I, I don't really want to go through the dynamic of why one day option, uh, the the um, mm -hmm. the mechanics. Mm -hmm. I'll leave that to the experts like Kevin Muir. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the long and the short of it is, if if you're comfortable having a minimal explanation, just rewind to where I talked about the Merton paper and said, you know, the mm -hmm. options are underpriced. Mm -hmm. And the shorter the option, the the more significant the differences, which is why, as I've said many times, I never short options. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know really, really what to say. I, I know that there's always going to be a bid for treasury bills. There's always going to be a bid for two-year notes. Uh, at some level, there's going to be a bid for the uh, S and P five hundred. Uh, I don't think there's a bid for Arc. Mm -hmm. I, you know, um, that's that. That's really, as I've said before, that's just the wrong structure. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, when she gets redemptions, she's going to have to sell, mm -hmm. and as she sells, it's going to push the price down, mm -hmm. and you the know, back loop. Yeah. Yeah. The the negative feedback loop. So, yeah. Um, so to me, uh, my plan is to come in on Monday and uh, any of these large bank, you know, and you can figure out in your own mind what a large bank is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if they crush those things, yeah, I think there's going to be some opportunity there. What am I going to do? I, I just, there's Enjoy. no benefit in me saying because mm -hmm. I don't know when. And if I said I could get in trouble, but, um, you know, I, I think the rest of the stuff, 
is going to have to come to terms with the fact that whether it's a predictor or a cause, the inverted curve is going to slow the economy. And the Fed is, unless we get into a financial crisis, and this is not a financial crisis, mm -hmm. they're going to keep tightening because, yeah. uh, and I wanted to spend time on this and I kind of missed it, but I watched part of the uh, Powell yeah, talking yeah. to Elizabeth Warren, which by the way, made me physically ill. Come on, I, come I on, felt come like on. I was going to vomit. Oh, you got so five minutes. She, you got five minutes. So she says to him about, you know, your your policy yes. is going to cost two million people their jobs. Yes. And he talks around it, but I think I'm sitting with Uncle Mark and I'm like, excuse my language, what a stupid fucking cunt. The Fed has a dual mandate that I believe was uh comes from Congress. And the dual mandate is full employment consistent with stable prices. Yep. So, Senator, if inflation is above our target, what should I do? So I think this committee owes an apology. <laughs> dude, he was he was good, dude. He he's 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 dodged all those stupid questions. He's brushed them off with exasperated answers, and he has stuck to his message, which is we're going to deal with inflation, and we're not done yet. But why not? Well, there's nothing wrong with the payroll numbers, right? Right. And holy smokes, I don't know if you know this. Up in Terrytown, the price of a freaking Caesar salad with chicken just went from eighteen to twenty-two dollars. Yeah. That'll leave a mark. Leaves a mark. So I, I, I you know, these that's are the, the people real, that's that the real birth. numbers that need to be extracted from these numbers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know we we kind of giggle about these things, but if you distill it down, the fact is this that inflation is running high. Yes. Okay. Financial conditions have tightened significantly, but it with the long and variable lags, they haven't manifested itself. Now that the funds rate is four and three quarters. Now, if the economy slows and inflation slows, they got room. There's stuff they can do. It's zero. That what yeah. you know? Yeah, I got no tools. That that's that's tough, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're in a place, and yeah, not being a socialist, but inflation hurts the low end of the wealth curve. Yeah. Which is the That's majority a, of the people, which is the majority of the country. Yeah. And so whatever inflation number is running at, I I pick pick one. I, I don't know that any of them are any good, but we'd all agree, with the exception of home prices, uh that prices are higher and the Fed is doing what its mandate is. And, yes. And and they're gonna continue to do it until they're convinced that inflation has not become entrenched. And the fact that the unemployment rate is three something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it in the threes? Yeah. Three and a half or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who? No one's getting shot over three and a half percent unemployment. What are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. So they got a green light and, uh, you know, absent this mess that got started last week, it would have been 50. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it may be 50. I, I, to me, I, I, I don't really care. Right. I, I, I just think, you know, it's over when it's over and whether they go 25 or 50, 
when you're talking about long and variable lags, yeah, is it going to change the rate on the two-year note? Yeah, it's it's going to change the rate on the two-year note. But if you're a longer-term investor, you you know in two years, you're getting your money back. Yeah, yeah. And so you pick your rate and you take your chances. And yeah. uh, so it's pretty clear to me that uh, having liquidity, having flexibility, and being prepared for the uh, exogenous event, you know, and yeah. and so who who's to blame? The regulators are to blame that they allow these one day options. Um, I, I look, I'm a free market guy, okay. But if you go and buy a commodity futures contract, you got to put a margin, okay. And they calculate margin off of a model. I know. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm assuming that you go to to TD Ameritrade not sponsored um, and you short some options, you got to post margin. Okay. That margin's based off a model mm -hmm. that the margin ain't a hundred percent. Yeah. It's something less. So, you know, you come in and the stock, your shorts down 18% overnight. The, you're long a lot of stock. Yeah. And and that's where I see the dude. There's already been I've I've already seen stories about like I don't it, it was it was TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab or Robinhood letting people trade options that have no experience and they're and like the all they had to do was like check a box like like Robinhood says, Have you do you have two years options trading experience? Click yes. Okay. And that unlocks your ability to trade these options. So like I said, these 17 year old kids that have no business, no margin, no place in this market are allowed to log on and gamble. And that has only become like more and more visible. You only start to hear these little stories as it becomes such a dominant force in the market today. I I prefer if you use the term speculate. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Gambling you. cheapens what we do for a living. <laughs> You're right. Thank you. All right, dude, we're out of time. We've done two hours. Okay. Um, yeah, sure. It's not enough, but it's too much. Um, thank you. That was fun. I, I was hope great. there was a nugget in there for somebody. I Thank I, you. I, I literally had what I thought was a well-organized concise plan you can do it tomorrow <laughs> if you're not really, busy tomorrow if you're not busy tomorrow i'm around are right? you no, looking I, I i i'm you know what's that the um refractory period or whatever it's the amount of time it takes before you can do another podcast yeah. <laughs> all right so i'll see you tomorrow all right take care all right pal. cheers bye uh